Broadcasting from the studios of Business Radio X, it's time for Workplace MVP. Brought to you by R3 Continuum, a global leader in helping workplaces thrive during disruptive times. Now here's your host, Jamie Gassman. Hi, everyone. Your host, Jamie Gassman here, and welcome to this episode of Workplace MVP. The option of unlimited paid time off or PTO is a forward-thinking benefit that some industries and employers have begun adopting. According to MetLife's 2019 U.S. Employee Benefit Trends study that interviewed 2,675 full-time employees, 72% expressed interest in receiving unlimited paid time off. Some organizational leadership feel this approach is more of a marketing ploy for recruitment efforts. While others, including our guest today, see this as a way to ensure employees are taking their much-needed mental wellness breaks. When thinking of the option of incorporating an unlimited PTO program, I think it naturally presents concerns of overuse of time off and underuse of time off, so kind of a mixed, mixed variety. So what are the benefits to incorporating this type of PTO benefit into your organization? And what are the watchouts and key learnings to be aware of? Well, joining us today to share her experience with us in navigating an unlimited PTO benefit, among other forward-thinking benefits, is Workplace MVP and Vice President of Talent and Culture of CallRail, Whitney Hoffman-Bennett. Welcome to the show, Whitney. Thanks, Jamie. Happy to be here. So let's start off with you sharing with me and our audience your career journey to to, to date in becoming the Vice President of Talent and Culture at CallRail. So it's funny, I actually started my career in sales, which is important later, uh, quickly learned that sales could not do it. Like some people think HR is stressful. I feel like I can handle the people stress all day long, but the stress of restarting quota every month, not for me. So I left where I was doing sales. It was actually a startup. So I did learn a lot about startups there and moved to another country not another country, another company (laughs) where um, I actually was in an admin position, saw a need for HR. And the great thing about startups is they said, okay, let's do that. And I'm going to support you to do it. And I got my PHR, my other certifications grew to be director there and stayed there for about eight years. And then someone at my sales job actually reached out to me and said, hey, I'm at this new company. They need HR. Are you interested? So full circle moment. And I joined CallRail in 2018 as the director of talent and culture, uh, their first director of talent and culture. And within a year had been promoted to vice president. And I have been here for four years now. Wonderful. Uh, it's, it's interesting. A lot of the HR um, professionals that I speak with on this show and, and in other conferences and every and other locations that I, I get to the opportunity to connect they have similar stories of falling kind of into the work. So it's great. It's interesting to hear that you kind of have a similar story and, you know, finding that passion and, and being able to support the people within your, your organizations. Very cool. So tell me a little bit about what CallRail does, just to kind of give some background to our audience on, on what, or what the organization um, serves. Yeah, so we are um, a marketing attribution software that makes it easy for businesses of all sizes to turn more leads into better customers. Uh, We serve more than 200,000 businesses, and we integrate with 
marketing and sales software and our marketing analytics and business communication solutions delivers those real-time insights that help our customers market with confidence. Great. So, and I know in looking at the unlimited PTO program, you know, in us talking before, this was a program that was already in place when you started at CallRail. So talk to me about some of the concerns that you identified early on with the program when you joined CallRail, um, you know, about what they were experiencing that you were like, Ooh, we need to correct that. So tell me a little bit more about that. It's funny because the place I was previous to call rail, our CFO kept saying, maybe we should do unlimited PTO. And I was like, that doesn't work. We can't do that. People will take advantage. And then I got to call rail and I was like, oh, unlimited PTO. Let's see what this is about. Cause it was already in place. Um, and what's funny is our CEO actually posted an internal blog and it was a tweet that said, name a name a scam. And the response was unlimited PTO. And so he posted that to say, let's be real. Let's talk about this. What's working? What's not working? And we gave employees the option to give us feedback. What were they seeing? What did they like? What did they not like? And then from that, he and I got together and kind of made changes from the policy based on the feedback from our employees. Yeah, because you had kind of a mix going on. If, if I recall from our conversation that some were taking it, some were not taking it, some were abusing it. I mean, you just kind of had kind of a mix all over the place. Is that is that pretty accurate? It was definitely a mix. It was difficult for our customer facing teams to figure out when could they actually go on PTO because they had to hit their numbers. If they were on sales, if they were in support, they had to be able to serve our customers And then people really didn't know, what does this mean? Like, how much can I take off? And what if I'm sick? Or what if I have a baby? Like, there was so many many things that were muddying the waters that we really need to segment things in order for it to be successful. Yeah. So when looking at that surveying and kind of pulling the company to hear from your your employees, what were some of the, you you kind of mentioned guardrails, what, what did they share with you that they, from that polling, what did you, what did you discover? So a lot of employees were saying that they worked really hard and it's not that they felt like they couldn't take time off, but they just didn't, they didn't think about it or they'd make a couple long weekends, but that's all they'd take off. And so we had said, would it be helpful if we required some sort of minimum? And they were like, yes, that would be very helpful. If it was out there as a statement, it would feel like it was something we had to do, so to speak. Um, we wanted to make very sure to separate mental wellness from taking PTO. If you're sick physically or mentally, don't worry about your PTO within that. Let's focus on sick time, other time, keep that separate. So that was something that was really important. And then I think sharing the average that people were taking. So you knew like, just because this is the average doesn't mean this is how much you have to take, but it gives you a good guide of this is what other people around you are doing. So you could try to be equitable in that. Yeah. Cause I had imagine there's probably some employees that feel bad taking PTO. I know sometimes I've seen that in my management career where the employees like, I'm really sorry, but I need to request some time off. And it's like, <laughs> well, that's your benefit. I want you to take yes. time off. So never feel sorry about it. So I think that's I'm sure the truth that the, the, that's probably the same within your organization and those employees going, Oh, okay. Well that's, that's good. The average is that. So I won't be going any more than what other people are doing. Yeah. And I think even like when I interviewed for my role at call rail, I interviewed with the CFO and I was like, what's your paternity maternity policy? Like, what do you do for family leave? And he actually, he was like, I don't know, but we have unlimited PTO. 
And in my head, I was like, that's a nightmare. Like you can't just, then I'll just never come back. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to clarify (laughs) what that looks like. And that was another thing we said too. We're like, it's not actually unlimited. If you are gone for six months, you're probably not going to have a job anymore. Like you can't just leave for an indeterminate amount of time. Right. So looking at, you know, the feedback from the employees, kind of some of the key learnings, you know, what kind of edits did you make to the program um, that you haven't already shared that and and that helped it to be improved? But then also, how did you communicate that to the employees? And then ultimately, how did that enhance their their utilization of PTO and kind of changes that they made? So we did say, call out very plainly, sick time is not vacation. And this was in 2018, 2019. So we're like, if you're sick, stay at home. Well, everyone stays at home. (laughs) But if you're sick, stay at home. If you're really sick, stay at home and don't work. Like there's no prize for being hardcore and taking the rest of us down with you. Do not do that. Um, And we do call out in our employee handbook now, if you are sick, if you are grieving, if there are things going on, you can be gone for two consecutive weeks before we need to talk about other types of leave. And that's just for like one instance, two weeks. You can also, if you need a long weekend because you have a cold, that's separate from those two weeks. So calling that out, um, we did call that everyone should take at least one continuous week of vacation a year. Do this. You can't recharge in a long weekend. Take a full week off a year. Um, Another thing we said that I think a lot of people don't think about when they are developing unlimited PTO is that three-day weekends can be very low impact if you do your part. Don't disappear and leave your team hanging, but a well-executed three-day weekend should never take a project off schedule. Nobody should work 10 to 12 days, 10 to 12 hour days consistently. But if you want a free three-day weekend or personal day, give it a shot for four days, go hard Monday through Thursday, and then go take your long weekend. And you can do that multiple times without it being super disruptive. Uh, Another thing was don't expect people to check the calendar. (laughs) We, before I came, did not have an HRIS. So along with this, I implemented an HRIS and we told people, you got to start putting it in. Like it's approved, but you got to put it in. Um, I don't know. And honestly, with everything, what we say is, you know, just be cool. So we don't have to make a ton of rules and policy this to death. Like everyone here is an adult. We hire you to be an adult, get your work done, take your vacations, live your life. Um, And then I think the final thing is just one of our culture statements is turn it off. And so we made it very clear. If you're on vacation, disconnect, stop checking Slack, set an out of office and don't check your email. If our world is truly on fire, someone will know how to get in touch with you. Mm-hmm. Beyond yeah. that, go, go have fun. Yeah, that is so important. I see a lot of people, you know, oh, I'm going to be on vacation. And the next thing you know, you've got emails rolling in from them. Yes. And, it's, you know, you're on PTO, be on PTO. It's kind of one of my rules. I always let my staff know I'm, I'm accessible if you need me, but I'm not going to be actively checking. <laughs> so... And I think that's important as a leader to model that so other people do it. My out of office typically says I am practicing our culture value of turn it off. I'm spending un- un- uninterrupted time with my family. Reach out to these people. I will get back to you next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's so important, especially now. I mean, I think, you know, you, you kind of mentioned COVID where, you know, 
people aren't coming into work sick. Um, that was something I actually mentioned to a coworker. I'm like, well, but God, are the days of coming in, hacking up a storm and thinking that you're going to get through your week like that. Can it's you not happening imagine? anymore. <laughs> we used to do that all the time. And oh it was my gosh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're at work with a fever, just, you know, making it work. Yeah. It doesn't happen anymore. Interesting. So, you know, and looking at this, I mean, I love that, you know, you've created kind of this environment where you're allowing them to be adults and be respectful with each other and mindful of each other. Um, from a culture perspective, but how do you manage misuse of PTO or the challenge of balancing between the employees? Um, or do you not have concerns of that where they're respecting kind of that, that, that boundary, if you will, um, talk to me about that. Yeah, I don't have a ton of concerns about it. I know I said it before and it sounded like I was joking, but we really do with most of our policies or things. It's like, can you just be cool? Just, just be cool. I will say we did call out, you know, plan early and often. If you're going to be out for a week, please plan it a month or two in advance. If you're going to be out for two weeks or more, your team and manager should know this several months in advance. So it's more like letting people know. So it wasn't last minute. Oh, I forgot. I'm going to be gone for two weeks. Be respectful. That's another one of our value statements is respect everyone. So in that vein, make sure people are prepared. I will say for our customer facing teams, we did have to do a little bit more for them. So there would be enough people to manage the incoming calls from our customers. But beyond that, if managers come to me and say, hey, it feels like this person's taking too much PTO, I remind them of what the average is that we've said that people take. And if it is beyond that, remind them, say, hey, the average is this. You're sitting a little bit more above this. Do you know what it's looking like for the rest of the year and your vacation? And just have a conversation with them about it. Mm -hmm. Just to make sure there isn't too much misuse that somebody isn't pulling their, their weight on a project or within an area. So looking at it from the sick time, I know you kind of mentioned, and I remember, you know, I've worked in corporate America long enough where, you know, there were the times of, you know, here's how many sick days you have a year and here's how many PTO days you have. You know, now a lot of organizations have gone to combining that, um, thinking of sick time, you know, and, and how do you, how is, how are you balancing that? Cause I know you mentioned it's not part of PTO. Do you track it or is it just something that leaders have to keep an eye on? You know, what are, how, how are, do you manage that different than the PTO part? So that's an interesting one. I think most employees know the two weeks. And if they know it's going to go beyond that, they reach out to us and say, hey, let's talk about leave. That's why I think it's also important to have other benefits like short-term disability or long-term disability or family leaves. So if people have those bigger life things they need to take care of, they have other options once they've exhausted that two continuous weeks. And nine times out of 10, we can work with people and we're like, okay, like your two weeks is up, but realistically right now, what can you do? Is it part-time? Is it just one day a week? Is it maybe not on calls, but you're able to get other work done? And then we're able to figure out something. Mm -hmm. So for the employees and just curiosity in terms Mm -hmm. of this unlimited PTO, you know, have you, have they made commentary around like enjoying the fact that they don't really have to track it like as tight and closely as some other organizations might have to, if they had like, you know, you have a bank of hours and this is what you get to use, you know, what kind of feedback do you get on that? Or what does the overall kind of, you know, I don't know if it's structure, like maybe not structure, but how do they feel about it? 
I think there's two camps. It's people that come from other tech companies and are like, well, of course you have unlimited PTO. Like that's table stakes for them because they come from other tech companies. And then we have people who have never had unlimited PTO and are used to kind of having to negotiate PTO as part of their offer. And we're like, no, no, you don't have to do that. Like we're good. Um, I think the fact that we have the guidelines help people a lot because it lays out expectations very clearly know when they can take it, when they can't take it. And then I think for the customer facing teams, we have given them the tools that they need for them to really take time off. And those are the teams that question it the most, like Hmm. customer support and sales are like, no, but really how much time off can I take? And we have levers in place so they can enjoy the same thing that everyone else can. Yeah, absolutely. Cause you know, having coverage for those customers is so important. Yes. So looking at mental wellness overall with employees and, you know, obviously we all see taking time off and PTO as kind of a way for self-care. And you mentioned, you know, requiring that full week, which I think is such an interesting, I, I just love that idea because you're right. When you say a long weekend doesn't really give you that time to check out fully. Right. So I love that culture statement that you've coined, you know, the turn it off time. So how do you see this helping the overall health of your organization you know, are you seeing a a, a good impact on that? You know, what does retention levels look like? You know, what are, what are kind of some of the measurements you're seeing in terms of this being um, helpful overall? I will say as far as like the sick time and the mental wellness, we are a company that is very open and transparent about mental wellness, mental health, how important it is. We it's mental health awareness month now, May is, and we have four weeks of different things every week reminding people to take care of themselves. And we're focusing on it holistically. Last week was financial week or financial health. This week is burnout and how to deal with stress. Like there's different things every so in addition to PTO, we're giving people the tools that they need internally. And I think a combination of all that really helps with engagement and also retention because all of that can be done in a hybrid environment. And so even if you're not in the office, you're still getting the benefits of everything that someone in the office is getting with the different programming. And I think it's one time, one thing to have unlimited PTO, but then it's another thing for leaders to model it. And for us as a company to talk about PTO and for us as a company to talk about mental wellness. So I don't necessarily know that it's successful if you just throw it up and say, yeah, it's unlimited, do what you want. Those are the places that are going to have to policy something to death. Yeah. So it's it's a component of kind of an overall structured yeah. approach, which is great. And I love when you mentioned the leaders um, having to model it. I mean, that is, that's so true in so many different areas of, of business and kind of self-care and you know, as I vulnerability and, you know, open communication, that's, I mean, the leadership has to be such a great demonstrator of that where employees then can model and like follow that behavior. Very cool. So for, we're going to take a moment and uh, hear from our show sponsor. So Workplace MVP is sponsored by R3 Continuum. R3 Continuum is a global leader in empowering leaders to effectively support and help their employees thrive during disruptive times. Through their tailored workplace behavioral health support, disruption response and recovery, and violence mitigation solutions, they can help you create a work environment where your employees can feel psychologically and physically safe. To learn more, visit r3c.com today. 
So shifting gears a little bit, another area that you as a leader are passionate about and another forward thinking benefit that you've put into motion is family leave benefits for all. Um, can you tell our listeners the, you know, about your program and how you've implemented that and what, what that all entails? For sure. So this is something that personally to me means so much. I have three young children and people getting time to bond with children, regardless of how they come into your family is so important. And I remember I was, when I worked at my previous job, I was at a meeting with people internally, people externally, and they were like, well, it's fine for women to have time off, but men don't need that. Like it's men don't need that. And it was kind of hand wavy. They're fine. And I was like, I had a C-section. I couldn't like function well. I couldn't pick up my baby on my own. Like I needed my husband there and it was important for us. And so I am seeing that companies are starting to change. I think society is a little bit starting to realize that it's just not all on women. And something that's really important to CallRail is being an inclusive environment and making sure that our benefits mirror that. So we give you... um, 12 weeks paid of family leave, regardless of how a child comes in. So if you adopt, if you foster, if you give birth, and this is for people that identify as men and women. So everyone gets it. And then we also let you have, um, you come back, you transition back. So for those first four weeks, you're paid full-time, but you work part-time. So you only work three days a week. You have two days where you're not working so you can figure out what new normal looks like with this child in your life and you going back to work and you can really ease in so you don't feel that pressure to immediately be a fully functioning human again. Yeah, that's, that's so amazing. I have two children myself and I still remember home on leave with the second one, you know, and having both of them there and my husband leaving to go to work and being like, oh my gosh, (laughs) so overwhelming. (laughs) It's impossible. Yeah. I felt that way leaving the hospital. Like, are you, yeah. yeah, I came in here with no children and you're just giving me a baby and saying, okay, bye. Like what? <laughs> yeah. I actually, just as a funny, cause I I'm all about transparency. I actually asked the nurse if I had to now change the diapers in the hospital because I was yeah. so exhausted. And she looked at me like I was crazy going, uh, yes, you do. <laughs> I was like, oh, Oh my God, but I'm so tired. But yeah. how do I feed this? And what yes. do I sleep? And what do I, that no one tells you. No, no, there, there isn't like a a handbook as my mom always tells me. So, (laughs) but I love that the benefits for the, the, the husband or the, the, the dad as well, because I think that that, um, allows them to be able to have that presence presence within that, um, you know, that early time of the infant. And I think that's a really important, um, shift that you're starting to see in some work environments. So looking at your program, I know you mentioned the easing back into work, uh, you know, looking at back at it when coming back from work, I know I just came back full time and just that transition to your point, I mean, you're so tired, still trying to navigate all of that. How does that help your employees as they transition back? What have you seen, you know, by having this type of kind of an easing back in, you know, kind of talk a little bit about some of the experience you've, you've seen with that. Yeah, there was probably a month or two ago, I ran into a colleague who had just come back and she was on her transitional month and she teared up and was like, it's just, I've done this before and not had the transition. And it's so impactful because 
I don't necessarily have to send my baby to daycare. I can figure out something else for those three days. So she has another full month at home and I can feel like I'm doing something for myself because she is someone who really likes her job. So she's like, I can feel like I'm doing something for myself, but then I can still go home and spend those two more full days. And I think even for me personally, because I have had one baby here at CallRail and the transition back, it was so overwhelming to come back in and try to catch up. You're so much more tired than you realize. So just having those two additional days to not have to use your brain a ton and be able to just focus on you and your baby and continue to bond is super meaningful. I think, of course, we could give more time off and America as a society should give more time off. But I would almost rather have that transition because either way, you're going right back into the fire. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. No, I can see that being just, you know, so beneficial. And just looking back in the past on the, you know, when I transitioned back in years ago. So looking at other benefits, I mean, you're really a forward thinking organization and adopting some of these, you know, benefits that other organizations have maybe looked at, but haven't actually moved forward on there's, there's another one that you're looking at implementing or kind of observing you shared that I think was really interesting. You kind of mentioned in our conversation, you know, exploring, you know, doing a sabbatical type program within your organization, what might that look like? Or, you know, what have you seen other organizations do that you, you present some of the benefits to, to implementing that within your work environment? Yeah, this is something I would love to implement. I I feel like I have to preface this. If any of our employees are listening, uh, nothing has been approved yet. This is just an idea (laughs) in my head. But I do see more and more companies doing a sabbatical program. And if you think about unlimited PTO, sure, it's unlimited, but you can't necessarily walk away from your job for six weeks in this unlimited PTO without a ton of planning. And then also, I'm sure a lot of people will be like, well, you have, you know, 12 weeks off when you get a baby. Isn't that a vacation? No, no, it is not. No, it is not. But when is any other time that you can take a substantial amount of time off? You just, it doesn't exist. And so I think giving people six weeks off, giving them some kind of stipend to do something during that time, and then being able to really just turn it off. I would also love to marry this. And now I'm getting really big here, but if we could do some kind of program where before the person leaves on sabbatical, there's someone else shadowing them and then they take over pieces of their job while they're gone. And then they can learn a new skill. They can see if they like it or don't like it. So marrying it with career growth and then the other person gets to go away and their stuff is handled. Like that is my ideal state. Yeah. Nothing has been approved. Yeah, say that. No, no, it's it's kind of just it's forward thinking and just kind of looking at possibilities. I mean, there's other, you know, like educational industry is known for the sabbatical programs, right? And allowing, you know, a teacher to go and learn or study abroad, you know, a different trade or different, you know, something around the education that they're looking, that they're they're inspired by. You know, and it allows somebody to kind of grow as an individual, and it and I imagine it could benefit the organization depending on what it is that they do. So, mm-hmm. and I love that mirroring it with career growth opportunity, where somebody can step into the shoes of somebody else for a moment and kind of you know expand their horizon. That's very interesting. And again, forward thinking, but very <laughs> kind of visionary, right? 
Yes. I just think it was fun to talk about because it just shows that, you know, you've got the unlimited PTO, you've implemented this great, um, family leave benefit for all, regardless of how the child came into their life. So it just shows that you're constantly thinking of ways that you can kind of expand that horizon of, of benefits for employees, which I think is wonderful. So looking at like a leader, so let's just say that there's a leader looking to incorporate an unlimited program, uh, PTO program into their organization. What advice would you give to them for where they should start? How do they do that? You know, what are some of your, your thoughts around where would you, you guide them to doing that? It's funny because I shared at the top, I was at a company before that wanted to do unlimited PTO. And I said, no. And the reason I said no was because of the culture. I didn't think it would work. And not that the culture was bad. It just wasn't a culture that I think could sustain unlimited PTO. I don't think there was that foundation of trust with a lot of employees. So that's the most paramount is what does the culture look like? And do you think your culture can handle this? You can still have a very generous PTO policy without making it unlimited and everyone can be happy. So culture, I think is the most important thing. And then thinking of thinking future state. Okay. Maybe we're 50 employees now when we're 200 employees, what are some of the roadblocks that might come up and what are the guardrails we need to put in place now? Because it's much easier to build it as you intend to be instead of piecemealing it until you get there. Yeah. Very, very good. I mean, that brought me to a question of like, is, you know, is it a right fit for everyone? And you kind of answered that by saying, you really have to look at the culture of the organization and is it, is it going to be a right fit? That's like kind of your first step. Um, and then looking at like implementing the, the family leave program that you've put in place, how would you advise somebody looking to explore that? You know, what would, what should they do first? Yeah. And this is honestly something I could talk about all day long. Cause I think we should have much more leave than we do, um, for employers that are concerned, like, oh my God, I can't lose them for 12 weeks. What am I going to do? They are going to be more loyal to you and want to stay at your organization if you take care of them during that time in their life. So I think that's the first like mental thing to get over because people are like, oh my God, they can't leave. Well, what if they leave forever because you don't take care of them? So I think that's important. And then also making sure it is equitable. Not everybody's going to take it. And that's just a function of where we are, but it should be available for everyone. And I think that is really important because a lot of companies talk about equity and diversity, but when you look through their policies, they're not equitable to the full organization. And so making sure that, again, it fits within your culture, it fits with what you're saying, and also like really leave people alone when they're on leave, don't bother them. (laughs) Yeah. Don't call them to ask them a question about a project that they're going to be doing when they come back on. Nope. (laughs) No, no, that's really interesting Um, because, you know, you bring up an a good point. You know, I've heard that in a couple of my other episodes, you know, and one that we did talking about second chance hiring Mm. and, you know, sometimes, you know, putting some of these initiatives in place. Yeah. There might be that concern of, well, gosh, if they use the whole time, then what? But to your point of that loyalty is so important. I mean, people, you know, not every employer offers this type of support. So you, you as an employer being kind of forward thinking and offering it and giving them that flexibility, they're not going to forget that. And you're right. They'll come back a lot more um, appreciative, especially during that trying time. 
Sure. Yeah. And I think it's important when you look at hiring as well. In general, I don't think we should be so judgmental on resume gaps, but if you get parents and there's a resume gap, maybe don't be so judgmental about, cause let's think about what the policies were or what their options were when they had that baby. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like just a big picture thing that people need to be more cognizant of. Yeah. I mean, you might see those uh, resume gaps as people come back into the workplace after this, the COVID resignations we've seen where they, they, they had no choice, but they to stay no home choice. to take care of the kiddos and help them with their schooling. So yeah, that's an interesting point. Cause I'm sure we'll start to see some of that transition in a few years mm-hmm. where there really is a gap on their resume, but it comes back down to that. So interesting. Any other advice you would want to leave our listeners with as it relates to these programs or things that they should be looking forward, um, forward to, um, you know, for that are, you know, up and coming, um, kind of new approaches that, you know, why they should explore them if they haven't already. I think if you're hesitant about any of these policies, it's more like look internally and determine the why, and then maybe solve for that before you put the policies in place. Um, But it is, I mean, it's 2022. We're coming out of hopefully a pandemic. The way we work is changing and companies have to meet employees where they are or they won't be able to retain people. So I think that's just really important. You hired adults, treat them like adults. Yeah, no, great advice. So great conversation. So if our listeners wanted to get a hold of you, to get more information or ask questions or kind of learn from you a little bit more around how you've been able to manage these, these programs. How can they do that? I am on LinkedIn at Whitney Bennett PHR. And so people can reach out there. Um, yeah. And I'm happy to talk about any of these things. Obviously I have a lot of opinions about them. <laughs> Lots of passion, which is great. No, that's, it's, you know, and they're, they're, they're new for some organizations. So I think, you know, it's, it's learning and kind of exploring them. So I I love that you shared that with us. So thank you so much for being on our show and for letting us celebrate you and sharing, you know, your great advice and kind of key learnings with our listeners. Thank you so much. It was fun. Yeah. So we also want to thank our show sponsor, R3 Continuum for supporting the Workplace MVP podcast. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you've not already done so, make sure to subscribe so you get our most recent episodes and other resources. You can also follow our show on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at Workplace MVP. If you are a Workplace MVP or you know someone who is, we want to know. Email us at info at workplace-mvp.com. Thank you so much for joining us and have a great rest of your day. Thank you for joining us on Workplace MVP. R3 Continuum is a proud sponsor of this show and is delighted to celebrate most valuable professionals who work diligently to secure safe workplaces where employees can thrive.